0: Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The loud frequency coming from your radio is not a mistake. Do not turn off your radio, but instead turn up your radio as loud as it can go. Do this so we can broadcast this frequency as loud as possible.
1: Thank you. Thank
2: you. Thank you. you.
0: And welcome to another episode of Game Stuff. I'm back, and I'm your gaming gal, Kalai. And with me today is Roberto. What's up, Roberto?
1: Doing all right. Doing pretty good. Um, My uh, mom turned, uh, I don't know her age, (laughs) but she had her birthday on uh, Saturday. And uh, so doing pretty good.
0: Uh, I'm just going to tell you, as a woman, you don't need to know her age.
1: Okay, good. Uh Uh But yeah, otherwise doing okay. (laughs)
0: I'm um, also joined by Joe. What's up, Joe? Hey, man.
3: Uh, I'm good. Hey, uh, the Wii U is definitely part of this, our last generation, or this, I'm sorry, this generation is not last generation. Don't let people fool you.
0: Um, We're also joined by Corey. What's up,
4: Corey? Not much. Just uh, sitting down, ready to record another episode before gaming.
0: Okay, uh, for those of you that are new to this podcast, we are a conversational podcast for gamers by gamers about gaming because we love the game. Let's go to our backlog
2: beta. We have JT with eighty-four, Joe
0: with fifty-four. James will call it twenty-four. Daryl at twenty-two. Gareth at twenty-two. Ooh, Gareth is about to take over Daryl. Tricky Mick at nineteen. Homer gets stuffed at fifteen. C.J. Anderson at 8. Glenn Ori at 7. T. Bird at 7. Jim's at 4. William is at 3. Zachary Loveford is at 3. Derek is at 1. Joshua Craps is at 1. Simon is at 1. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Tricky Mick is at 20. I messed that up. I'm so sorry, Tricky Mick. Zachary Leckford is 1. Andrew Middlemoss is 0. Daniel Jones is minus 3. Veronica is minus 4. Corey is minus 6. Which I'm surprised, Corey, because I thought you'd
4: be beating games by now. I did, but I also, you know, bought a bunch of games, so, yeah. I'll have to update that.
0: Roberto is at minus 11 because he can't stop buying PC games. Levi yeah. is at minus 22, and I'm at minus 63.
3: You guys are all an abomination. You guys are all just, I know. Well, you guys just all threw in the towel. Hey, all
4: hey, you, you get out of here. You get out of here. I am I am not throwing the towel, good stir. I'm still going to be positive before the end of this year. So, who just, popped a,
3: who just popped a soda like they're going to do a Loot Bros like, slurp in the middle of the episode?
0: Definitely not the only loot sis on this podcast. Oh,
3: man. <laughs> Speaking of Daryl, congratulations, Daryl, on your backslide in the backlog beatdown. It's masterfully <laughs> done, sir. Like, you were getting close to me, and then all of a sudden, you just started buying shit. Man, these summer sales are really getting you guys. Like, I swear.
2: So good. Oh. All right, for this
0: week's topic of the show, we are going to be doing the State of Play, discussing that, because it was some interesting information that came out of that conference. But before we get into that, let's go with what we've been playing. So, Roberto, have you been playing anything fun?
1: Well, I want to start out by saying that you PC master people have the highest degrees of financial patience. I cannot begin to tell you how many times I've seen a great deal and how terrible it is to resist that great deal. A game that was $40, bucks 6 dollars 99 A game that was $25, $1.99. These, this is a very huge test of my patience, Kali. What have you done to me? This is horrible. <laughs> it's Oh, my goodness. Uh, uh, I, just, I just had to get that out because um battle was 6.99 on indie gala and i couldn't pass it up i have to update my board but i just wanted to get that out there um, but anyways oh my gosh um that being said the first rule about fight crab is you talk about fight crab and that's what i've been playing I've seen cool it. i
2: saw your pictures
1: yeah i so i'm learning the whole snapshot fe- snap snap screenshot feature of the steam and I kind of feel like I should use this more to share within the group. So, uh, yeah, that was Fight Crab that you saw on the Game Stuff page. Fight Crab comes from Playism and Nulsoft. These guys made a game a few years ago called Ace of Seafood. And uh, if you remember, it was like this giant anime-like game where fish fired laser cannons and stuff. I played that. So, yeah. So, it's that, except it's crabs. And you fight as a crab, to fight against other crabs. And the crabs can be equipped with crowbars, bats, uh, guns, I put mine with a revolver, and other different things, all to the tune of an amazing Japanese-inspired out- a soundtrack with EDM in it. My last time playing it, I was on a Chinese food table, because I couldn't- because it was a battle to the death to make sure I did not become Crab Ragoon. I was a saw- small snow crab, snowflake, crab, something. I fought against a coconut crab, a spider crab, and various other crabs. Real crabs, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that exist within the wild. Uh, they are crustaceans. And scientifically, a scientific fact is that they are scientifically closely related to spiders because spiders have an exoskeleton that molts, and so do crabs, and among many other similarities. So if you have a thing for spiders, I don't know if this is, I could recommend this, but uh, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. The fighting takes getting used to because you have to use your directional pad to dodge attacks and move forward and backward. And then your joysticks, the twin joysticks, are used to control the claws. The claws can punch. They can also guard. The idea is to, ma- is, is to not get flipped over. And by that comparison, it's a little bit like Super Smash where the higher your damage, the more susceptible you are to getting flipped on your back. So you have to make sure you don't get flipped on your back. You can take objects and throw them as well. I was in a level where you could pick a car and bash a crab and pick a tree and bash a crab. So, uh, yes, this is the game that I needed. It's a lot of fun. It's, lun- it's lunacy. It is coming to Nintendo Switch on September the 15th or September 20th in that ballpark 2020. It's for the pr- um, I don't know the price yet, but so far so good. Anyone have any questions about Sly Crab?
4: Now, if I'm correct, this game is based off a real-life uh, situation. Um, I haven't heard of that. There's a YouTube video of some guys that are walking, and there's a crab that all of a sudden walks up and grabs the knife from the guy, and then they try to take it away, and then he starts swinging at him. Um, that does happen in the game, quite frankly,
1: often. Um, you do get access to samurai swords and katanas and you know blades and things like that. It's actually pretty cool. Um, yeah, I guess so. Um, I haven't, uh, when I got the press release from Stride PR, I didn't really get any information from that, but I did get that this was the guys that made, uh, Ace of Seafood. So, uh, so far, so good. All right. So I'm going to be moving on to the next game. I played a little bit of PlayStation wherever I could. Actually, I got a handful of games I can talk about here. Um, Okay. So keeping it short, um, let's talk about two games that you guys have already played that I finally got a chance to play. Streets of Rage 4 and Maneater.
4: Oh my god, you finally played Maneater.
1: I'm so excited for you. So what happened is, is that last uh, August, um, last, on August the uh, 1st, there was um, a friend of mine who lives up in North Jersey, and I hadn't seen him since the beginning of the pandemic. So I said, all right, you know, are you healthy and okay? And you got a mask? And he's like, yeah, sure. So we're like, okay, let's just hang out then. That's fine. So we did. So we played all of of Streets of Rage. So I'll start with Streets of Rage 4. Best game of 2020, best indie game of 2020. Um, That without a doubt, a game everyone should own. A game that had very, very high expectations. And I am stupidly thrilled that it blew away those expectations. Um so you got both well, so you and um Joe I know Corey played the game and uh you guys enjoyed the hell out of it so just to add some thoughts the they these guys got and click with Streets of Rage they got it with the visual direction they got it with the audio the audio was extremely important because the soundtrack to the originals are considered to be some of the greatest composite music compositions ever composed that it was a remarkable history right there and they nailed that. Visually, they nailed it. And I was really kind of nervous, because, you know, especially in this day and age in 2020, people get offended over fictional characters and how they look, and this person has big a ch- too big a chest, this person has too big of a thighs, whatever, and the character designs are great. Like, you know, Blaze looks like Blaze, and she's a badass. And uh, Axel still looks like a badass. And the way the animations move fluidly, the way they connect with the enemies you feel like you're actually fighting meaty bony bad guys and not just paper thin whatever it's like you feel the strength and the weight and the momentum that these characters have and it's just the levels are great the boss fights are a nice surprise we had a blast playing this game for an hour or so and uh, the only drawback is i lost my i left my uh, cloud save data back at where he is so um I didn't upload it, so I can't play it until I see him again, so I can upload it. <laughs> Otherwise I'd be playable to play it here. But all my status is over there, like an hour and a half away. So that's the only drawback. But yes. A game it's a game that you should you absolutely should own, regardless of whether you have it on Switch, PS4, PC, Xbox. Own it.
3: What do you have it on? If I if I can ask Playstation Four. Oh, you got a PS4 version? Okay. Yeah, that's where Corey and I played it as well. Um I actually told Corey, I contemplated getting it for the switch just because it's like one of those games that I kind of just want to pick up and play like all the time. And I wish I, I eventually will buy it. If it ever goes on sale on the switch, I'm definitely going to pick it up. But that that $24 price point is kind of steep. And I'm I'm not like, what's your opinion on that, Roberto? Do you think it's worth the $24 for how short the game is? Like if, if you're not really in it to replay it or to like, experience all that there is in the game do you think it's worth that 24 four dollar price tag or do you think people should wait till it gets a little bit cheaper
1: well here's the thing i suppose the switch version might have in-game achievements and also you, you have to replay this game a certain a couple times to get all the skins i suppose that that would be worth it for the ps4 i think it's a little bit the incentive to replay is higher because you have the online well the nintendo switch has online multiplayer but ps4 version I think there's a bit larger community there. There's also the trophies that you can get. And I think the incentive to replay it is much, much higher there. Uh, we played it on easy, by the way. I have to remark once again on the on the accessibility of the game. So that way, because the, the original games are hard as hell. So uh, they, uh, they really did a good job with making something that was accessible to a new audience. I would have to say it depends. Um, I mean, $24.99 is kind of a steep price if it's just to be able to have this game on the go. But if you have friends that you are seeing often and they are exclusively on the Switch, then fire it up and go for it, you know? I mean, the money goes to an indie developer and they could probably appreciate it. <laughs> so, yes, uh, definitely the one of the best games of 2020. And I cannot stress enough that is a new benchmark. I hope we see more Streets of Rage sooner than 20, 30 years. I just want DLC. Uh,
3: I want DLC. I want the rest of the characters that aren't in the game. Yeah. They are just- they already said they're coming, but they didn't say when. But they are, like the the boss characters will become playable characters. They already they already kind of released a statement saying that most of them will be coming to the game, if not all of them.
2: <laughs>
3: so, uh, moving on to Man
1: Eater. Uh, yes, Man I gotta re, re- uh, continue again because it's been over a week. But yes, that is a great shark game. Takes some getting used to because it's like you know it, you're. It, the first five minutes you're an overpowered shark that's like tail whipping people and then you're a little baby shark and when the game really begins and then you have to evolve and then to do to do the evolution things to become like a mutant shark you have to do this you have to do that but it is very interesting i do like how it's just a laid-back approach i am a little disappointed though with the technical performance of the game it seems rather disappointingly low frame rate on ps4 um i feel that I know that we're not going to get 60 frames per second like the PC version probably benefits from, but I would have expected something like to hold steady at 30, but I I saw it really drag when other humans showed up and all that, and I was just like, eww. No, I mean, this is the same guys that made Killing Floor 2, and that, that game won- runs swimmingly well on, on PS4. Like, what the hell are you doing here? So,
3: I mean, two, um, two, different I t- think- two different types of games. Like, I don't really think you, right. you can really compare the two. Like, one's a quick... Um, you know, fast action shooter. And the other one is, you know, a game where you're playing as a shark and you're eating everything in sight. I mean...
1: But what I'm saying is, is that they should have applied some of their technical know-how into Maneater for a better frame rate. So, if,
4: if I'm correct, it was um, two different teams. But it was two different teams oh. with inside the studio. So one studio was working on... That. It, it, you also gotta remember, like I will 100% agree with you, Roberto. The technical issues of that game, the frame rate-wise... That shouldn't have been that bad, especially on the idea that this game had already come out or was already being baited and stuff like that. But I think a lot of it has to do with the idea that um, I don't think they're used to something where it has so many moving pieces. Like with Killing Floor 2, everything has programmed to do something, whereas everything in uh, Maneater is reacting to you which is a big difference. So I, I, I will agree 100% though. I used to have it where like, I would have like a bunch of guys and I would jump in the air and I'm getting like maybe four or five frames per second. Like it, it, it was chugging, but great game nonetheless.
1: Yes. Yeah, so now um, there's that. So I'd say, and it's like also now, like, you know, it's, it's, it's August now. The game's been out for a couple months. So, I mean, I understand COVID has been affecting probably the studio so Georgia is not really one of the harder hit places. That's where Tripwire is based out of. I kind of feel like they could have deployed something by now to kind of um, to adjust to, to mingle with the, the frame rate. But the the gameplay is so damn good that it's really hard to not play the game because of the frame rate. I mean, it's I, I'm someone that played the original XCOM on beta and that we're going into single digits on that one. So <laughs> um, I beat the whole campaign on that one, too. So,
3: oh, man, I, th- I think I'm going to buy Man Eater after the show.
1: Yeah, it's 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 a great game. I I really respect what it is. It's kind of the game that you needed. Um, okay, so to sum this up, um, lastly, just if I could squeeze one more in here, oh Roberto, um, Roberto uh, real
3: quick. Um, so for listeners out there, I don't know uh, if you have Walmart's near you, but uh, apparently, Man Eater is twenty four fifty four at Walmart right now.
1: Cool. Um, now uh, the last game I'm going to mention briefly is Xenocrisis. Crisis.
2: Anyone hear of that? Brings a very strong bell. It
1: was a oh hi, Monami. Um, it was a very, it was a twin stick shooter announced for the PS4 and I think the Switch, and then it's making its way to Vita this September, thanks to East Asia Soft. It's from Bitmap Bureau. It looks like Aliens, like an actual good Aliens game. The,
3: the ring Ricket Bell, no, but it sounds interesting. Do you tell them more man tell, like so it's actually a game I think it, it i I'm not sure if it
1: had a Kickstarter, but I used to see it floating around here and there, and the game finally came out on p s four for twenty bucks, like sometime I think like last year, and um I caved and bought it um sometime like I think I mentioned it on the uh on the battlelow peekdown so it's because it just wasn't going on sale. And I'm like, this looks really cool. So once again, my friend and me decided to play this game as well. And it's a great game, but it's also hard as hell. It's a, uh, so what it is, it's, it's very much inspired by the, uh, by James Cameron's Aliens, as you know, which has been a big deal uh, to, yep, it was, a, that's why, yep, I knew it, it was a Kickstarter project. It was, a very, it was a game inspired by James Cameron's Aliens, which, as you know, has been a huge staple for science fiction and horror, the way the colonial marines move, their names, the weapons, going to a colony on the ass crack of space and shooting up aliens, that type of thing. It was uh, very innovative for what it was. Like That movie is the reason why we have things like Doom. So in any case, so what it is, it's a top-down arena twin-stick shooter, so similar to Smash TV. Except uh they're aliens and it's hard. And to try and get you into the James Cameron aliens vibe, you have limited ammunition. You don't have infinite ammunition. So you have if you run out of ammunition, you have a melee kill, which is powerful, but uh it's not very good. <laughs> so uh yeah, it is a very difficult um two twin stick arcade shooter where you have to Shoot aliens and explore a colony and defeat the threat. So it's neat the sixteen the sixteen bit visuals, the gameplay, the controllers. Uh, the controls feel t- tight. It shoots in like eight different directions, not like all the way three sixty. So um, you have to kind of angle things the right way. The weapons are fun to use. So it's a very cool game. I'd say that just brace yourself. It is difficult, even on easier difficulty. And that's it. So um. In the interest of time, that concludes me. And uh, who's next?
0: Uh, what about you, Joe? Uh, I've
3: been playing a ton of stuff this week. Uh, let's narrow it down to just three. Um, we're, all, we're going PS4 this week. I really didn't play much uh, Nintendo Switch this week. Or if I did, I really didn't make progress. So let's go with uh, pretty much everything I beat this week. Real quick, I finished Devil May Cry 3 this week. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have experience with Devil May Cry 3. It's probably hailed as probably the best in the series. Yep, I would say it's somewhat accurate. I would say now playing five, I like five just a tad bit more than I like three. Uh, I think the story is amazing in three. Uh, you know the whole it's a pretty much a prequel to the first game, and it's a fantastic game. Uh, the combat's very smooth and fluid. I could not beat the last boss for the life of me, and it was pissing me off. So I had to go play the game on easy and play like six levels to get enough money. To buy a whole bunch of healing items so I could just cheese the last boss. Because I was sick of dying. So I was like, forget trying to beat this like actual. I'm just gonna buy a whole bunch of healing stuff, get like the lowest grade possible, beating this boss, and I'm just gonna finish the game. Um, for any of you who never played Devil May Cry 3, I mean you play as Dante pretty much the entire game. You don't really play as any other characters, and not one of the ones where like it once you beat like half the game, you switch to another character. You just play Dante the whole time. Um
4: think you play Lady uh, once, don't you?
3: For like for two. I think it's like one mission. It's like very, very short. It might not even be a whole mission. But yeah, Uh, you can play the whole game over as them if you have the special edition, which is included in the HD collection where you can play as all the different characters. Uh, Moving on, I played Power Ranger Battle for the Grid. I don't know if anybody else has played this game. This might be my favorite Power Ranger
4: game ever made besides the Super Nintendo game.
0: Yeah, didn't you talk about that on last week's episode?
4: I think you did to he did to an extent for sure. He talked about how much he loved this game and how great it was, and he was level one hundred. But now he's beat it.
3: Yes, now I finished it. So from when I talked last time, uh, I did not finish the campaign. I actually finished the campaign now, and I, I'm actually like level like one fifty now, so crushing it. Um, I beat Call of Duty Modern Warfare two campaign. That was awesome. Uh, okay, the big one I want to talk about, and I'll talk about this with Corey real quick is we played um, Dark Pictures Anthology's first game, um, The Man of Medan. And we played it in co-op. And quick story, we played this game from 12 o'clock Eastern Time till 4.30 in the morning Eastern Time. And we beat it in one sitting. beat the entire game in one sitting. Um, for those of you who've never played, like it's similar to um, Until Dawn in the fact that it's a it's an FMV adventure game where pretty much you take it's it's pretty much a movie and you make choices and the choices affect you and kind of create a butterfly effect. Right. But the best way to explain the way you play Man of Medan, if you play multiplayer, is Corey plays half the characters and I play the other half.
4: At the same time, at the same time. So it, it makes it just to come in there, like doing this, like me and Joe, I know when we first talked about playing this game, there was a big thing where Joe's like, OK, I want to play this by myself. Um, and I was almost kind of willing to do that. But then we just came up with the fact, let's just do it together. And I will admit 100 percent if I would have played this game by myself and then played it uh, to, together, it would ruin the
3: experience. Yeah, it would ruined ruin the
4: experience. Yeah. This is probably the way I would recommend playing the game.
3: This probably. is one of the this is probably the best game I played all this year and the most fun I've had playing a game with anyone this year. I mean, the tension that we were going through while playing this game, because I can't help it if Corey doesn't make the right decision and causes one of my characters to die.
4: Or like, it causes I- something to happen. Like there was uh, just to do one scene for you guys, just so you guys understand. Uh, there was a scene where at the time uh, my character was under the water. Oh,
0: wait, wait, what? wait. No spoilers, please, because this is on my list to play with Levi. Well,
4: no, 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 I'm just giving, this is not going to spoil the game. Like I said, I won't tell you decisions or what happened, but this happens no matter what anyway. But just to give you an example, one of the things that happened is I was in the water at the time. Uh, In the water, scuba diving. Joe's character was still on the boat. Now, Joe did things that was on the boat that I, as me being in the water, affected my character to have to make decisions based on what I was seeing. And I didn't, all I saw was just part of it. And the thing is, too, is it also does let you know in the corner when Joe's making a decision. So if Joe's making a decision, he'll say, oh, he made this decision, it caused something to change. And then I'm looking at his decision start, you know, the experience start happening in front of me. And I'm like, oh, shit, now what's my decision to do based on what I'm seeing? So there's a lot of events in that game where, um, like one time me and Joe are both going one direction and it's like we're running from something and then we both have to choose a direction to run, but we're both playing two separate characters.
3: And we're not And like the big thing I'll say to anybody that's going to play this with a friend, do not talk about what you're doing in your game. Exactly. Don't because tell you will them what ruin you're the, doing. You'll ruin the experience because it's all based on off what the other person does. So if you go, Hey man, I made this decision, which means you should make this. It'll ruin the experience like we didn't care about trophies. We just wanted to experience this game for what it had to offer. And I have to say it was a blast like like Roberto. I would play this game again with you and I wouldn't even tell you what happens like I would keep silent the entire game.
4: Oh, it makes such a big difference. That's it's the one so, big thing. It's so good man. Like honestly,
3: I would suggest if you play this with somebody don't even use mics. Just
2: yeah, play.
4: right. Yeah, it almost, good. It, it, it's almost to that point, like me and Joe came up to an agreement at one point, like it, within the, after finishing the tutorial level, uh, well, technically the tutorial level, um, we're like, okay, Joe, from now on, don't say what you're doing because it makes such a big difference. And like I say, there's things where like, because people at certain times too, I would be walking my character, all of a sudden hit a cut scene, Joe's still walking. So I'm seeing a cutscene. I'm seeing something go on. I'm in a different area all of a sudden Joe doesn't know where I am. And I'm like, he's like just walking. And then he tries to look backwards for me. He doesn't see me. He's like, Oh fuck, where'd Corey go? And then like something's happening to me. And it's, 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 it's what an experience. And like I said, if I yeah, had I, to play the, as a single player, you, I think playing this game in single player, you would see things that would give away stuff. Whereas playing it as multiplayer, there's, there's a lot of things that you don't see.
3: So Roberto, it, after we talked about it, what do you, what's your thoughts on this game? You know, And once again, this is called Mark of Medan? Man of Medan.
1: Man of Medan, okay. Uh, I also did buy this a while ago, um, long before we even had this uh, Batlaw Beatdown thing. And it is something I've been meaning to play. I have a friend named Mare, and she's really big into into that type of style of gameplay. She's really big into Life is Strange. She played Until Dawn and loved the hell out of it. Um, She's not really one to play, like, Third-person shooters or action games, like she loves these kind of more e- engaging, emotional, suspenseful depth type games. Oh, so, this has
3: got emotion I, and depth, yeah. my friend.
1: So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of. I'd like to definitely check it out.
3: It's 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 um, so good. Uh, I have to say, I might actually like this game more than I like Until Dawn, and it might just be because the experience I had playing it.
4: Well, I think that's what right. made the big difference. Right? Is Until Dawn was. The experience, like we were me and Joe were talking about this, like what the big difference between the two is. Until Dawn was described as like a, a slasher movie. That's that's what Until Dawn is. Whereas with this new series of games that they're having, they're more like murder mysteries. This is one of we're, seven, by the way. One of seven. Yeah, yeah. Which these are more like murder mysteries on the idea that not only is there something going on at the exact same time you're figuring out what's happening over with the until Dawn, it was more of a slasher where your whole purpose was, I just need to live. Whereas this makes you not only just go, I need to live, you need to go, what is going on at the same time? And that's what I think made the huge difference in experience on this. And, and we will admit there was some, like, obviously there wasn't the budget for this game as there was for Until Dawn. Like, some of the voice acting is not the greatest and things like that, but still, like... Th- this game, I-, I don't know. Like, especially with the next one coming out, I can't wait for the next one to come out. Like, Dude, this can't is wait.
3: Uh, yeah, I can't wait to play the next one together in October. I can't wait on Halloween. We're doing this on Halloween because it comes out the thirtieth. We'll save it for Halloween. We'll play it together on Halloween. Yeah, I, I, I can't cannot wait. wait. I cannot wait to play
4: it. Clyde, you well, need to play this
3: too. Yeah, you need to play this with Levi immediately. Like, do it this weekend. Don't wait.
0: Oh, I can't. We've been playing Borderlands two together.
3: Oh well, after you finish Border, Jesus, cat. Trying to talk, man. Really, I can't talk.
2: You want to fight? Go, you want to fight, cat? Unbelievable! Cats the,
4: the cat. The only thing cats fight for, for, Joe, is your attention. This cat is disrespecting me on the podcast, and I don't like it. I mean, last <laughs> la, it's because she's mad that last week she wasn't in the episode because I completely forgot to uh, edit over your swearing uh, with uh, me- cat meows. So that's why she's upset. Time. I don't even think there was that many.
3: I kept it pretty low-key on that episode. I think we only had three. It's actually really good for us. We're potty mouths. Anyway, Corey, what have you been playing besides uh,
4: um, Man of Dan? I mean, I made the mistake of um, lo- uh, loading up uh, Fortnite again. You know, that, that, that was bad. I loaded Fortnite as the, uh, the, be- the, the save the world mode. They changed everything. So like literally I just downloaded it, turned it on. Uh I'm like okay, let's just get my character set up to what I had before. It took me 45 minutes just to go through my inventory, open up all the stupid llama- llamas that I fucking had and everything. Like it was just ridiculous. Like but but from what I see the changes are good. Um I just got to, you know, get the, the thing to beat it. Uh I also picked up Vermintide too. Um, that, that is a great game. Um, I, if I would have known that Vermatide 2 was like left for dead, but with fantasy, like with Lord of the Rings smashed into it, I would, I would have bought this game like a long time ago, not waited till now. Like this game is so good. The idea that there is, uh, four different, five different races that you get to pick from. And then each of those races have three different classes that you unlock throughout the game. Um, it really opens it up to where... Um, it's really meant to play with people and it's really got a good Left 4 Dead vibe and I'm a huge Left 4 Dead guy. So the idea that it's like Left 4 Dead with Lord of the Rings, I'm super stoked. I love this game. Um, and then last but not least, um, I mean, I've been kind of just playing everything that I played the week before. Um, I'm kind of trying to find that next big game to start because of, uh, you know, ghost of Tsushima really like left a hole in me. So now I'm trying to fill it. Um did you beat Ghost? Yes. I beat Ghost. Okay. I'm on the I'm on the track to beat to platinum it right now. I only need to do the side quests and that's it. Then the game's done. So not far off. But uh I I, I decided to play ESO again. Cause you know, I'm just a person for punishment. Um man did they change a lot. This game is like night and day compared to when I played it on day one. Um Big difference, and um, for, for those that uh, play those types of games, or if a person likes do- doesn't really know what an, when, how to play an MMO or what MMOs are, or like the world of MMOs, right now is a great time. Uh, as of recording this episode, Final Fantasy XIV just became free all the way up to the base story and the first expansion to get your character up to level 60, free to play, which is crazy. Like, I'm tempted to almost see what my character's level is, and if they're over 60, I might just start a new character just for the sole purpose of being able to do this for free, because it's such a great game. And then also on top of that, ESO has also got a really good price right now on the summer sale to get into. And if you like Skyrim, but just want to play with people, that's a great game as well. So, I mean, those are my games. Kalei, what did you play this week? Other than Uh, Borderlands. I actually...
0: Oh, I've actually been playing uh The Last of Us part two. How do
4: you how are you finding it now that you're you're uh you're actually going through it? Cause I mean it was kind of weird. Me and Joe were both sitting there and then you jumped on PlayStation and we're like, what is this mysterious being that's been popping on my friends list? I haven't seen this being in a long time.
0: Uh I'm enjoying it. It's it's some of the same frustrations as the first one. Like they just keep throwing enemies at you. They put you into these situations that um you have no choice to fight. And like today I was fighting a one of the bigger monsters and I didn't have enough stuff and I wanted to craft stuff but I couldn't craft stuff because it, it every save point was right at that monster. I mean I did beat it eventually and of course it's a lot of people that you have to either sneak around, which I'm terrible at. So it's a lot of running for me. The storyline is
2: interesting. I'm about halfway through the game. And so I'm going to keep playing. Uh, I've also been playing uh,
0: more Fire Emblem. because I played a lot of Switch because I didn't have power for two days. And it really like messed me up. But luckily my neighbor, who's a doll, he let me use his generator so I could at least keep my Switch charged at all times. <laughs> so I could play Switch. And I just want to give a shout out to Matt and Veronica who totally let me over their house to sit in their air conditioning for an hour and a half.
1: Yeah. So for context, guys, we had a, uh, here in New Jersey, we had the tropical storm Isaiah's, uh make landfall in South Carolina and then throttle its way up here to New Jersey. And despite all the reconstruction they did after hurricane Sandy, a lot of uh, people were out of power until more or less today, and they're still out of power. um I had a bunch of power fluctuations I lost power for a couple of hours, but I came back so yeah kalai definitely uh get you know, uh she went through it a bit worse than me, so uh yeah, it was kind of rough up here.
0: yeah, it was pretty rough uh and you know, of course, I've been playing the
2: borderlands, and that's pretty much it.
4: Well, I saw that you played... Now, now, Kalai, you are probably, out of all of us, including myself, one of the biggest Borderlands fans we have. Now, you've played the heck out of Borderlands 2, and you played the heck out of 3. Now, quick question for you. What do you think of Tales of Borderlands? Uh, it's
2: a good game.
4: But I mean, like, how did you like the idea of, you know, opening the world from two and then like moving into the? Because I mean, you've you've beat both. Um, Did you beat Tales of Borderlands now?
0: I actually beat it on Xbox. I had downloaded it for free on the PlayStation store.
4: And so this is this is the second time then.
0: Right. I am currently in helping out CJ from Push to Flat. We are in a little competition. Uh, on PSN trophies, and we, I'm part of a team of five people, and we have to get as many trophies as possible. So I just kind of have the game on in the background, and I'm just hitting buttons to beat the game and get the trophy for the competition I'm in.
4: Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha.
0: Yeah, so by the time I got to Borderlands 3, or, the, or even the Borderlands 2 DLC, the, yeah. the Intermediate, I had already known who Vaughn was.
4: Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, 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 okay. So with that trophy competition, um, how are you finding it? Because I know you've moved to PC. Are you finding now that you've moved back to playing PlayStation a little bit? Are you finding a little bit of like an adrenaline hit when you you get that trophy? Or are you kind of just like, ah, it's a trophy. It's okay. I'm just doing it for the competition. Like, is it? Is it, like, how do you feel? Like, is it like an, is it like coming in for that little bit of addiction problem or like? Well, here's
0: the thing. Just because on I play on PC doesn't mean I don't like hunting trophies. So I like to hunt achievements on PC. So I kinda I kinda like it. So it doesn't really matter to me where I get the achievements from. Um, I feel that in our entire group between trophy horse, the loot brothers, and our group, I think of right now, nobody's really going after that PC dominating market of getting uh, achievements. So I figured I'd get my achievements over there so I don't have to compete with all the big.
4: But I mean, on PC, I mean, the, the, the big dogs of PC for achievements are a lot bigger than the big dogs, I think, of PlayStation. But who knows? I know I, know I agree with you 100%. I mean, when I owned an Xbox, that it was achievement hunting was my thing. On my PC, I do the same thing. It's just all—it's an addiction problem. It's it's, the, it's looking for that ding. It, it, that's the I think the one thing that Steam needs to figure out is that you could customize your ding sound for your achievements. I think that would make them a lot more like it's it's that little trophy ding, right? That <laughs>
3: <laughs> imagine
4: if Sony started
3: charging for like different ding sounds. You know how much
4: money oh, they would make. Man, they make so oh many different. God. And then and then you, you would see Daryl like customize his to be like his own thing, like with how he does it with the show. He wouldn't even have to do anything. He's like, I'll pay for that.
2: But anyway,
0: yeah. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But besides that, and of course, I've been playing some Beat Saber because I'm trying to lose some pounds and I'm working my way up to expert mode now with some of the songs. Damn.
4: Ooh. Have you played Rap Gob by Eminem in that that beat? Because you're playing it on Oculus, right?
0: I am playing it on Oculus, but what I haven't done is modded it. So unless it's, yeah, unless it's, I can buy it, I don't play it
4: oh my goodness i mean that's the one thing when i look at that game like i want to buy it so bad for playstation but every time i look at oculus with that and the idea of modding that and the amount of songs that you can get for that that are so good i'm like damn that just makes me like i almost feel like just buying it for pc just because that would be the only thing i probably buy an oculus just for that which
0: well you can always buy the oculus quest
4: that's what i mean I'm, I'm talking about like buying a 500 console just for one game just like i did with the xbox for fable
0: gotcha well you wouldn't have to buy a pc to play no, no
4: no that's what i mean but it's it's 500 oh. for the quest canadian yeah but it's so good i i know but i just play one thing on it i don't know
0: well i mean you can play it on playstation
4: I know, that's, but I, mean, I can't customize the songs. Right? Like That's what I'm saying. Is that on PlayStation, oh. I would be doing the same thing as you, where I'd be only able to play the songs that you can buy. Whereas if I do get the Oculus version, I can then mod it, which then, like I said, that that almost makes me want to buy It's almost worth the amount to buy that for just the Oculus. Gotcha.
2: And maybe Super Hot. And Half Pipe. Oh, yeah, I have. Hmm, yeah, that's true. And Skyrim. And maybe Fallout uh skyrim and flood i
0: well i know definitely skyrim is on um playstation yeah
4: so it's super hot but i just Uh, think if i'm gonna buy a system i mean i might as well just go full bore right
0: right uh yeah but i pretty much haven't been playing anything else um so let's go to our topic of the show so we're talking the state of play. uh so Sony came out and did a little bit more, gave us a little bit more information on some games for PlayStation 5 and some stuff coming out for the PS4. So first up is Crash Bandicoot.
4: What a glorious game. What do you guys think? I can't wait for this game. I can't wait. Like the, 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 the detail that they've put into this game, um, you know, really shows that they take pride in, in, in Crash as a whole. Like they, they understand what the games did in the past that was good and they understand what the games in the past did that sucked. Um, and I'm so glad that they're able to notice that as people, because sometimes that's where when companies come out with remastering a game or taking over rights to a certain title, um, the problem is a lot of companies just go, OK, here's the franchise. We've got the name. We've got everything. Let's just push it out. Let's just do a game. Oh, that sounds good. Just throw it in there because it's going to sell because of the name. And they've really put a lot of extra effort into that, especially like with that new mirror mode they have. like they didn't need to do that they could have just put in a mirror mode where you go backwards through the levels or done them in reverse but the mirror mode that they put in is just insane like that's they didn't need to do that that that's that's way more than what we would expect from from a a company to to do as a mirror mode or an alternative way of playing the game but man that platinum is going to be like sought after holy cow what
0: about you roberto
1: I liked it. It was pretty cool. I like how you're going to be Dingo Dial, and he's actually... Because something I liked about the original Crash games was just the, the zaniness of the characters. So I think that that's going to be a pretty neat game. I have to still play the original trilogy, but um, it's... Uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited for it. Uh, that negative thing, too, That sounds pretty cool, too.
4: Oh, yeah. Well, the idea that because most mirror worlds in games when they've come up with a mirror world or what they call a reverse world is all you ever do is either play the level backwards or it switches the, the left and right. So if you were supposed to go left on a track, you would go right on a track, but the way they've done it in this, because I watched a little bit more of an in-depth view of what they actually broke down. It's the idea that every world has it. Like it's not just a mirror world where you're going different directions. It's might have moon physics in it. It might have a big head mode it might have something where the, the, the color or the palette of the game is different. It might have where um, like I was watching one where it's a water world. So they put water physics into a map that wasn't meant to be underwater. The original version is not underwater, but you have water physics in the mirror version of it.
3: Yeah. So- there's, there's also one where it was like um, the tempo of the map speeds up as you're playing
4: and then the other one you have to paint the world to see what you need to do like kind yeah, of like yeah, um, the, um the the first game out of uh eden finch the franchise like that's the cool thing i like and the idea that they said every single world has a different mirror mode is crazy
2: like Pretty cool no one else is gonna do that And and we get to play as Coco, my girl, you know.
0: And what about you, Joe?
3: Uh, It's a day one purchase for me, but it, it just I was talking to Corey after I watched this the night I watched it and it really drived home the point that there's so many PS4 games coming out this fall that are so top tier. There's like almost no reason to buy a PS5 right now. There's just so much coming out and it's all in the same month. Like or in the same two months, it's like Avengers and Tony Hawk. And then this are all within a month of each other.
4: And more, there's a whole bunch of third party that are coming out at that time too. Yeah, which is crazy. It's, it's crazy.
3: The amount of games that were saved this generation due to being delayed or pushed back or, you know, there was issues with, you know, having the game out for a myriad of reasons, right? Delays happen for a lot of reasons, right? But this, this console generation has been very weird in the fact that like so much stuff got delayed to the back end of the generation.
4: Well, I think that the big thing is too, is what we're seeing with right now is usually what happens is we usually see just before the new console releases, every first party studio or all the big studios come out with their big hit titles in like April of that year. And, and so they got pushed back a little bit, but, Now we're getting all these third-party companies that are just like, here's a game, here's a game, here's a game, here's a game. And we're like, holy cow, where was this like two years ago? You're going to end this now? Like at the end of PS4, we're getting all these crazy titles that, you know, we didn't know were coming. Because they're all like, like that was like, uh, I was just posting in our our game stuff chat uh, about the Crystal Chronicles Remastered and that it's going to be cross-play and that it's going to be like this free indie thing. And it's like, holy shit, like, even that's coming out at the end of this month. Like, oh, it's just there's too many games coming out. I, I agree with Joe, but I'm still buying a PS5 day one.
3: Oh, oh, by the way, listeners, uh, pick up Crystal Chronicles because it's only $30 on PlayStation Network. Did you did you see the thing I just I showed you in the group today, Joe? Yeah, I knew about that. I told you about that a while ago. You only need I, one copy and then yeah, to play and with lot different one, people. Yeah, but you only get to play multiplayer. You can't play the campaign.
4: So, you get to play the full campaign, all thirty thirteen dungeons. That's not the whole game. Oh, okay. Well, either way, you get and also too on top of that, uh, what people don't know is that it's fully cross platform with iOS and Android, which is blows my mind.
0: <laughs> um, I liked what they showed of the Crash Bandicoot game. I mean, I've never really played a Crash Bandicoot game, oh, so, you're so from
3: doing yourself a disservice there, Kali.
0: I am. So, uh, yeah, I, like I said, I'm very excited for what they did. Hopefully they, they give you guys more. I'm very excited for you guys as PlayStation people. So uh, next up is Hitman 3 is now playable in VR the entire campaign.
4: Uh, yeah, super sweet. Once again, more reasons why should I buy PlayStation VR? I know Joe's hugely against VR and doesn't give a crap, but I think the idea that they made this game in VR just seems really cool. Because it's one of those games where I think, and this is one thing with stealth games in general, is having that third person camera kind of gives you gives you an advantage you normally wouldn't have in that type of environment. Whereas in this being VR now, there's a lot of you lose a lot of those advantages. And I think it adds to the game being more difficult as well as being a little bit more like, you know, heart pumping and adrenaline based for sure.
0: Uh, what about you, Roberto? I know you have a PlayStation VR.
1: I have not played the, any of the Hitman games, which has been something like I've been meaning to do. And this is a pretty neat take. I mean, I know there was like a couple people that were a little freaked out, like because you're to be able to like you know just choke from behind. But I think that's the point: the immersion. And uh, it looks really ambitious for what it is. Um, it, it's definitely going to be something really interesting to see and see how it's observed and how people
4: interact with it, but I think it's going to be pretty good. Well, and the thing is, too, the cool thing I like about this announcement is not only did they announce VR for the third season of Hitman, or Hitman 3, they said this is going to be, and they're going to backtrack it through the other two games. Like, they didn't even have to do that, but the idea that they did that is hugely innovative,
2: for sure. Yeah. Uh, Joe,
0: I know you're excited for this.
3: <laughs> so I don't really care about the virtual reality version, but the first two Hitman games are amazing. So I definitely want to check this one out. I just won't play it in VR and that's okay.
4: And it's all uh, just so Roberto, just so you know, um, the summer sale has uh Hitman. One was free for PlayStation plus Hitman two right now is like $13 on the summer sale. So
1: wait, hitman three
4: hitman two. Oh, two. Okay. Yeah, and then then Crash Bandicoot Trilogy is also on sale at 50% off, so just in in case you want to dip your toes a little bit, get some more negative ones on that backlog beatdown, they're there for you. Yeah.
0: I'm a little excited. I've never played the Hitman games. I've only played a little bit of the new one, the current one. Uh, To play in VR would be really cool, So, and I'm sure it's got to be coming to Oculus. Uh, Next was Braid Remastered, which I've never pr- played Braid, so I really didn't care about this. What?
4: You've ne- you, you're have you you like the Xbox person of this group, Kaline. You've never played Braid? Right, that's like one of the
1: founding uh, father indie games of Xbox Live.
4: Yeah.
0: When Well, when I started the Xbox 360, I was
2: way into Call of Duty too much. But, uh, uh
1: in any case, yeah, so uh, that one's I will admit that even though I might retract my comment a bit because I have not played Braid myself, I know that it is a very innovative game for what it is and what I was able to do. Um, I've been mean to try and check it out and see how it is myself. I think it might be pretty cool.
3: Um, I have I have played Braid. I played the first one on Xbox Live Arcade. It was actually one of the summer of Arcade, or I believe it was one of the summer of Arcade, the first ones they ever did. Um, the game's phenomenal, like, the 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 puzzle solving mechanics in that game is top notch. It reminds me of how difficult some of the puzzles are on Professor Layton. If any of you have played those, they're just like
4: mind bending. Well, I remember like I played. I agree, I played. I'm with you there, Joe. I played a little bit of this game, not a whole lot because at the time, um, just before it came out, I really didn't get too much to at that time, like Xbox wise. It was already out for so long. I kind of just played the demo of it. But I mean, this game, especially the details that they're putting in to remaster this, looks so good. And it's definitely something I'm going to pick up once uh, it comes out for the
2: PlayStation for sure.
0: Okay, the next game is Pathless.
4: I mean, this game looks gorgeous. It's like Journey, but with a bird and archery.
0: Uh, yeah. what about you, you Joe?
3: I mean, it's more, it's more along the lines of like flower and journey. It looks gorgeous. I'll definitely play it because those games are just super relaxing to play. Like that's one of those games when I want to palate cleanse and I'm like, just played something really tough. And I'm like, man, I just want to play something that like is a piece of art.
2: Um, I, I, it does look pretty. It
0: didn't really interest me at all i've never played flower or journey oh
4: man i know bro did you say you've never played journey
0: no no wonder, I have not. No
4: wonder why you say that the 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 playstation doesn't have good exclusives holy cow holy cow collide journey like oh oh like
2: man okay yep. Yeah, no that's fine i'll just sit back here Roberto, even kathy's, kathy's be journey come on
1: I've been meaning to, to work on that one myself. Oh, I got started. I stopped. He's
3: played oh. it, though. At least he's played it. <laughs> he
1: seems- Nothing against it. I just, I, I, I kind of
3: just... You have like to, a I think,
4: I think with Journey, the thing is, is that one thing I will recommend to anyone that hasn't played Journey, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but what you need to do is, if you are going to play Journey, be prepared to do two hours of this game and only do it in one sitting. Do not stop. If you, Roberto from your, like, the idea that you've already played it, do not start a new ge- Do not start that game again. Do a new game and just do it all in one sitting. It's the way to play Journey. It's the same thing as, like, with me and Joe, with um, Mamma Medan this week. It's one of those games where I believe you have to play all in one sitting to really have the impact that it's supposed to have for you.
2: Okay. Sounds good.
0: All right. Next is Spelunky 2.
3: Yo, this game looks gorgeous. Absolutely freaking gorgeous.
4: Wow. It's nice that we get Spelunky and we actually get online multiplayer instead of couch co-op. I'm excited for that.
0: Never played Spelunky? Same. so Okay. Genshin Impact?
1: I mean... I that's a game I played at PAX East. Uh, that's going to be really, really cool to play. Already, it looks gorgeous. I kind of like what was presented. I'm very happy for the team. Um, it's going to be really, really cool. Uh,
4: Roberto, quick question for you because you've played this: Is this an MMO or is this an action adventure game? Action adventure. Okay, so it's not an MMO. No. So it's like it's, it's it, but it is cooperative because I saw people were playing together. Correct. Okay, that, I just wanted to confirm that because it's the one game that I was looking at. I'm like, this game looks gorgeous. This looks like a game I want to play. But then they were starting to sh- show certain aspects of being an MMO. And I'm like, I don't mind being in a world of like 16 people and playing with them. But I, I, I really don't want this to be an MMO. But now that you've told me that it's not an MMO, I'm super excited. I was super excited before. I'm super excited now.
1: Yeah, it's not an MMO. Hey Joe, it's just it's really for what it is. It's
2: really good. And what's your opinion on this guy there, Joe?
4: Well, you were, you I'm remember what one
2: this is, right?
3: This is the no. one that had to like.
4: Remember, this is the one that had the Breath of the Wild vibes, where she shot the arrow into the barrels and like blew up the goblins. Oh
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this one looks gorgeous. Uh, yeah, this is the one you were telling me. Like, it it's basically like they got a lot of inspiration. This is the game where they got a lot of flack because people were saying that they were copying breath of the wild. Like, I know there was a lot of controversy around this game when it first, when people first saw it at, at, um, I believe it was PAX, right, Roberto, where where this was first shown.
1: Yeah. I really actually haven't seen any of those complaints. I think people have been looking for though, an original, uh, anime inspired RPG because most of the time, the, the, the RPGs that are there are licensed to various different shows. So, it sounds seems like to me like that people were starting to look for something a little bit more akin to that type of thing, and um,
3: it's like every every RPG is Bandai Namco. Yeah, most like are, <laughs> most are from them, and not like Bandai
1: Namco and Square, and it's just nobody else seems to make RPGs and. I like the characters. I like the different abilities. I like the world that was presented. It ran great, even if it was always like in an alpha state when I played it. So I'm looking at right now. And- I'm looking
3: at it right now, like real quickly and like refreshing my memory real quick. Yeah, I remember. I remember marking out hard for this game. Like it. Lo- it looks dope. It looks like a next gen RPG. It It looks great. I'm I'm definitely gonna gonna play this game.
2: Yeah. It's pretty oh cool. yeah, yeah, I remember this game,
0: yeah, it looks very anime style
1: it looks exactly like breath of the wild and that's not
3: a bad thing that's a good
1: I, thing I don't know, see where people are getting these comparisons it, like
4: I, nothing ever struck me when I played the game I, I think it's and Roberto, the sad thing is is that w- what it is is it's when people say it looks like Breath of the wild, it is literally the way the trees and the bushes in that first scene with the rock it's the the shell shading that they've given this game makes it similar to Breath of the Wild. I agree with you. It's not like it's like, "Oh, you guys copy Breath of the Wild." It's it's more on the idea of it looks very close to it. It's the same idea as like if you look at that um the other game we were just talking about the um Pathless. I could say this looks like journey-ish game. It it's not in the desert. It's not, you know, sand but it just looks that that art style is like journey right and i think that's where people are coming from not saying it looks like breath of the wild but the art style is in that form of taking inspiration from it but i still think it's its its own thing like the characters have no i don't look anything like breath of the wild that's for sure 100 percent
0: uh the next game the next game up is aeon must die roberto
4: you need to please tell me that what you heard is false
1: There's nothing... Okay, so uh, for those that are unfamiliar, um, the entire team of this game walked out, uh, apparently over abuse allegations from uh, the boss that was implanted there and also they had made complaints to Focus Home Interactive regarding it and they seem to have... Those complaints seem to have fallen on deaf ears, so uh, right now, I don't know what to make of it. Like, it's actually kind of strange because Jason Schreier usually is the kind of guy like... He's like the Geraldo Rivera of games journalism in the sense of he's usually first on the scene so uh he's like oh god i hope he never heals me say that or else he'll just blacklist me from the industry but um <laughs> but in any case um he does good work and usually he's really really good at trying to find like get to the bottom of, of things like that and from what i'm able to gather the uh it the allegations are are kind of in a position where they are true. Focus on interactive is taking place is very taking the allegations extremely seriously. And they're trying to work to the bottom of it. And, but yeah, it killed me to see the trailer and be absolutely pumped for it. And then subsequently, then this bullshit happens. Like it just, well, that's it's what I want to
4: confirm, because I was just as hyped for this game, and I know Joe was super stoked for this game, too, and then you told me that, and I'm like, no, please tell me it, it could have been any of the other games that were on this list, like Auto Chess. Please tell me it was Auto Chess that, you know, had this happen, but... Because, Joe, you remember this game? This is the one that looked like the, the, the cyberpunk robot, like, beat him up
3: Yeah, this game looks fantastic. My my big thing was, Roberto, is this done? Is this game done? i don't i i don't know
4: no, I didn't it's supposed know, to released um, in twenty twenty one I don't think it is done no it ain't done if it's twenty twenty one yeah
1: <laughs> so what I was able to gather is um that's pretty much what happened um so yeah it's it sucks and i uh you know we'll have to wait and see i do hope there's a happy ending to all this, and like the people get like the the team gets justice for it and all as for the game itself, it's basically cosmic synth wave horror and it was great and it was mysterious and I loved the, the music and the sound and the visuals and I was just like that is my jam I'm big into the whole synthwave Tron retro style that's been kind of cropping up around shows and movies and music nowadays uh, that's been my thing um, if, if if you know the closest way to my heart is if uh, we go see Carpenter Brute or Wave Shaper or The Midnight or a couple of other people that you don't know who the hell I'm talking about but those are all synthwave artists. like The cosmic horror and the, and the music and stuff like that, it's, it's a very interesting, mesmerizing thing. You feel like you're back in the 80s. Uh, the visual style was also really impressive. So it's just, There was just so much to like about this trailer, and like I said, it just thinks that this is the situation that we find ourselves in, but hopefully, if we're lucky, uh, there's going to be good news that
2: comes out of all this. All right, the next game is
0: Anomutationum.
2: That was a really cool
4: one. I like that one.
0: Yeah, I like that one too. Uh, What about you guys?
4: I mean, it looked really good. I mean, once again, I think this is at the point where I ended up watching this with with Kathy because she was sick and I was going to wait for Joe. But because of Kathy being sick, she was really hoping to see the conference and I'm like, well, I'll watch it with you and then I'll rewatch it with Joe. Um, And like I told Joe when we were watching this at this point and Joe was like, man, This is another game that I would like to buy. And I told Joe, I've never been more excited for third party and indie games in my life than after them while watching this conference. So it's just game after game after game. This game looked amazing. I mean, it could use a little bit of polish for sure. But once again, it's an indie title. I don't expect it to be gorgeous. I mean, we're seeing games like the new Fast and the Furious game that just came out today at a full $80 price in title that I don't understand how that's $80. But anyway. That's a different show.
0: Oh, just so everybody remembers that he's in Canada, so it's eighty dollars Canadian.
4: Yes, so it'd be a sixty dollars game for you guys.
0: Yes. The next game on the list is Buzz Bugsnack, and after watching this gameplay, I want to play this game even less.
2: Bugsnack, Bugsnack.
0: Whoa,
4: whoa, whoa! Let's let's be honest here. This game is this game is amazing. This game is innovative. The idea that this game, when they, because before when they were talking about it, I was like, okay, I'm just gonna walk around a world and eat bugs and grow different abilities and that's it. Whereas now showing the gameplay, this really shows that this game is gonna be, hey, what can I do to fuck around with this world and make it so that I can capture these bugs? Like, what kind of weird, janky ways can I figure out to get these things? And like, what kind of weird town can I build? I mean, this game just, this, this just made me wanna play it more. Am I the only one that thought about it this way? Has potential. I'm not saying it's
3: not going to be a good game. I'm just saying it didn't get my motor running at all. It looks beautiful. Pretty It looks beautiful, though.
4: Like this most games. Like a, well, this is like a Surgeon Simulator game, right? It, it's It's not meant to be a game that is like, oh, man, this story looks like the story game of the year, and the graphics look game of the year, and the the mechanics or game of the year. This is a game where literally you're like, I don't feel like putting effort into gaming today. I'm going to go just mess around in a game. And, and that's what this, this. That's what I like about this game. It's like, I, so get it to, sounds like we- I, I have a ketchup gun that I shoot and attract a burger bug. Can nobody, like... So it reminded me
2: a
1: lot, it gave me a lot of, like, Viva Pinata vibes. So do you think this, so in other words, the next Animal Crossing,
4: well, no, this is this, because this ge- you guys got to remember, this game is made by the guys that made Octodad. Like, does anybody actually remember oh, playing okay. Octodad?
1: No, but uh, I heard that was a fun game to play. The like deadliest
4: catch. Yeah, the deadliest catch. The whole point of Octodad was you were an octopus pretending to be human. And the whole point of the game was you were trying to do regular human things throughout the entire game. Like, one of the missions was to mow your lawn. But the thing is, you're an octopus. You can't grab onto things properly. So, like, you try to be mowing your lawn and then your, like, mower would go off to the side and then you would end up, like, it would go, you would, like, knock everything over and then you'd have to go to the wedding and walk up the aisle and you were, like, knocking over vases and and everything else. And then you would, like, trip over the priest. And then, like, that was the whole point of the game. It was just supposed to be this funny, goofy game where you were supposed to do something normal that would seem normal to you, but there's no normal about it.
2: Alright, next up
0: is Vader Immortal.
4: Uh more reason to buy VR once again.
1: That looks amazing. Um I heard it was a little bit of a shortcoming on Oculus, but um I or I guess perhaps in in lieu of like the story. But um I do hope that maybe perhaps this is an an indication where um this is a first this is an indication where we could uh see maybe some improvements in the later this newer release. Um it looks amazing though. And I like how it is focusing on Darth Vader, who is an extraordinarily interesting and complex character, a character that you could easily study for years and years about his psychological condition regarding all six star Wars films. And then his, you know, sort of appearance in the night and the, the other three the sequel trilogy. No,
3: you're right. I mean, for, for not for nothing,
1: clone wars. the clone wars was a huge, like I have to still finish that, <laughs> that <laughs> I, I could <laughs> Yeah, well I have I could talk for hours about I could
3: too. I love his, Star I love Star Wars. Wars. Yeah, and I love no, but can you talk about
1: the emotional su- complexities, dichotomies, and parallels of Darth Vader? One hundred percent. Like Skywalker. look at look at if you talk about Anakin Skywalker, the hero turned villain, Darth Vader, he, the man who's constantly conflicted, but one of those evil person. One hundred
3: percent. He might be one of the greatest film characters of all time. Be, he is. Because of how com- Because of how complex he is and it's funny like I used to hate on Anakin but like Hayden Hayden Christensen's portrayal of Anakin is spot on for what he's feeling throughout all those movies. He portrayed it so like raw and like you felt all the emotion he was feeling. I, the only
1: thing I can still compl- get him on is always is I hate sand. It's rough course and gets
3: everywhere. Yeah, it was hard it was horrible line. But not to make this a Star Wars podcast real bit real but uh I looked at, I, I, when, I, when I saw this game, and I saw it was only VR, I looked at Corey, and what, it, what did I say to you? What
4: were the exact words that came out of my mouth? Uh, there was two phrases that stuck in my mind. You're saying, I hope this can be played without VR. But what can was they, my follow-up to that? Your follow-up was, can they make us a Star Wars game, and try not to make slap Darth Vader on it so we buy it? No. What did I say about this game? Do you remember? Well, that's what I remember you taking away about you saying. I
3: said, this is a game because I love Darth Vader so much as a character, this would get me to buy VR. This one game. Because it's a Star Wars game in VR done right. The game looks absolutely gorgeous. It plays perfectly. You you do lightsaber duels, which, who doesn't want to fucking do lightsaber duels in a Star Wars game? in vr powers too yeah and it but it just begs it just begs like why couldn't this just be a full fledged like console star wars game about darth vader and his complexity like like roberto said it would be such a imagine that game roberto like on the scale of like um uh what what the hell was the last game called i can't remember the name of it anymore
4: uh, the the, fall, the
3: fallen the or fallen order yeah fallen order. Imagine if it was a a tale about Darth Vader and his whole journey from Anakin to Darth Vader and that whole like change from when like he decides like I'm going to the dark side and like that whole experience like from him like killing the younglings to him spoilers to him like I'm spoiling Star Wars. Well, you should have watched it by now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, Roberto. <laughs> yeah.
3: But him doing that, to him like learning all the Sith, the Sith, uh, uh, evil powers from from the Emperor. Like, how cool would that be, Roberto? Would you sign up for that? Because I would day one.
1: Like I said, he's a very complex character. So I, I hope to believe that maybe we're gonna enter that one day with Star Wars video games. For now, um, I'm more than okay with this and we'll see how it rolls and uh, yeah I hope it's a, it's, it's a good experience I'm definitely going to be picking it up for sure.
0: alright next is Control, DLC, Alan Wake
2: well, the gotta old DLC so, still got to play it and finish it we know who
3: wants to buy this so why don't you just talk about it and get it over with
0: <laughs> I'd let you guys talk about Vader Immortal okay <laughs> uh Uh, control. I'm excited about. I I was talking about buying the whole DLC pack because I am an Alan Wake fan and I am a favorite control fan. So I'm a little excited for this.
3: Now, this could be the gateway to getting another Alan Wake game, and I think it is. I think this is this is the bridge to the next game, and I think it's going to be an Alan Wake game. So here's we
0: will talk. No, no, wait. We will talk about that in a bit. So because spoilers, we have a question based off that. For tonight's question.
4: Okay. okay, and quick question for you, Kalai. Uh based on uh, yeah. this being an Alan Wake DLC. Now this is the thing that you weren't on last week's episode of of new IPs, uh this generation. Does the control count as its own IP? Because now it's connecting to Alan Wake, which Alan Wake is technically 360 gen. Is control a new IP?
0: Yes. Thank
4: you. I win. What? You lose, don't pass go How and don't it? collect two hundred dollars. How does it connect to oh, whatever? I'll leave you guys fight over that.
0: It only—the only way for you to know that it connected to Alan Wake before this DLC came out was you had to read material and find. But that's still the in the game, though. It
4: doesn't matter. That's like saying, well, in The Witcher, in in, in uh, if you watched Star Wars, you find out Darth Vader's Anakin. Oh well, if you didn't know he was Anakin, uh, technically the first three movies aren't part of Star Wars because you'd have to read into it.
0: <laughs> Plus. I don't even know what I wanted. <laughs> That's that a one. bridge too far.
3: But <laughs> I could give you a better example. It's like playing The Last of Us and finding uh, all the board games based on all the other Naughty Dog franchises. But you know they're all, and saying that they're all related because those board no, games no, no, appear, no, no. No, no, appear the in The Last is, of is that
4: it's still part. It's now part of the game. That's what I'm getting at. As Alan Wake DLC makes it so that. His story is part of the game, which means Alan Wake is part of the game, which means Alan Wake is connected to it, which means Alan Wake would, that was his own game on 360 is connected to Control. It's the same it's the... idea. It's but the same it's, idea it's, it's as my, my same... argument with Mario versus Rabbits is not a new IP for Switch because the Rabbit games are their own thing and it is in the same universe.
0: Which, by the way. As control is its own new deal its new IP. There was you know what else was a new IP for this generation that was really good?
4: What's that? You're gonna tell me that, that quantum, that break? Be- because quantum yes, break? Because quantum break which is, which is- <laughs> quantum, quantum- <laughs> breaks in the same universe. Don't even go there. That's like someone trying to tell me that Rainbow Six Siege was a friggin' new IP. It's not. It's just a new name it's still rainbow <laughs> six it's still in the same rainbow six universe it's like call- saying call it
0: all oh, right you know what no no We're no no no, no
4: no no because that's like gotta- no 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 i'm gonna make one statement here i'll prove my argument you're telling me that every call of duty is in its own universe and every call of duty is its new ip that is wrong that is not true all the call of duties
0: well, of garbage. course that's not that's right that's yeah that's because Call of duties have sequels, so
3: it's a remedy verse. That's what they've pretty much dubbed it. Like yes, it's like their I mean. own, yeah. yeah. But that yeah. doesn't. But they're still all their own separate IPs. It's because it's a. Universe. Can we move
0: on? This is could be absolutely. You've already had this discussion. uh Next on the list is, uh of course, Auto Chest. Auto Chest. Yeah. Can we just pass on this? I mean, one? this is
4: uh, a, th- Whoa, whoa! This is a good game but it came out on mobile and it's just an updated version for console. I like the idea. I like this style of game. 100%. Um, I'm just happy that I'm just happy. It better be free. That's all I can say. (laughs) I'm just
3: happy that Sony is making sure that auto chess is compatible with the PS5. I I think that's really good on their end. I think they're really doing us a service there because, you know, who doesn't want to play auto chess?
4: <laughs> I want to play auto chess. Leave me alone.
0: Roberto, do, do you have any thoughts on this or can we move on? No. <laughs> All right. Next is the pedestrian.
4: This looks like a real fun game. I'm really
1: actually. No, thinking- so I saw that in January. I think that is one of the coolest ideas. There is a whole science and to the human equity of signage and to the visual interpretation of direction. For as long as humans have been around, we try to etch something into, into stones, the directions or the happenings of information. Cavemen set, used to just draw sketches to say, yo, we lived here, we hunted, we did our thing, good luck to you. And then that turned into letter, like the letters, alphabets, And so on and so forth. But these symbols have always been something that has been transpired through all of human history. And here's a video game where you're platforming through these signs. There is a whole appreciation behind going on the Garden State Parkway and someone who drew out Exit 105. A whole appreciation for Detour. Uh, who Who chose orange signs for Detour. The fonts, the the different intricacies of those things, LED lights, aluminum lights, uh, aluminum plating, uh, plastics, uh, plastic stapling, that type of thing for signs. Like I know I am a total dork right now, but that is I think one of the coolest things ever. And there's so many different ideas behind that that I think could be explored. Times Square, Akibara district, the uh, what's another? Oh, Brit London so many other cities where there's like signs and signage and visual stuff. I would recommend for people to kind of get, to, if you want to get a, a pulse of why I'm so enthusiastic about this, there's a movie called Rama. It's not a very long one, it's like 10 minutes, but the entire movie is just logos and a guy skateboarding on them. And it's like, you know, every logo you can think of. And I think that there's a, there's a, there's a very strong, history behind all this so therefore back to my point this is cool i can't wait to see where it goes and what kind of story it is so i am more than on board with this so uh yeah okay uh who else is next for their input
4: i mean i just it's just a puzzle game that looks super cool and i like the idea that like i say sony's putting effort and uh showing light to intelligent games again and i really think that's something that we missed during this generation whereas the ps3 we had a lot of puzzle games we had a lot of journey games we had a lot of like more like makes your brain think kind of games whereas this generation kind of lost that so i'm glad to see that there's still games like that being made and i'm super excited
0: what about you joe anything
4: i kind of have to
3: you know go with cory here i'm
4: kind of happy that they're going
3: a lot with a lot more uh They're kind of thinking out of the box like they did with the beginning of the PS3 when they were making indies and gathering all the indies to go on PS3. They're getting a wide array of different types of games for the PS4 and the PS5 uh, at this point. And I think they're going back to the roots because a lot of people are calling them out for just like bringing anything to the console and not really thinking about what they were making, you know, a console exclusive indie. And I really think that they're going out there and they're getting the more interesting games and they want to draw people to the console not only through their exclusives but also through their indie offerings and i think that's i think that's wonderful that gives you know companies that wouldn't really have a chance uh, more of a fighting chance to sell a game and i think i think highlighting them in a showcase like this is just a, a sign of the times and how indie games are not just garbage anymore they're not shovelware. They're not something to think past. They are beautiful pieces of artwork that deserve people's time and you know and money. And I'm I used to have the stigma that, you know, an indie game is a is a ten dollar game. I'm not paying more than ten dollars for an indie game. And I shouldn't have that. And I and I felt like that was a wrong opinion to have. And I've I've definitely I've definitely matured with my opinion on indie games. After I played Shovel Knight, it like it all changed for me. Like, what an indie game could be and what, like, the level of, you know, development and the scope. It's just, Roberto, you can touch more on this than I can. I, it's just, it's just where indies have gone in the last generation is just insane.
1: Yeah, and that's been, and like I said, that's, that's gone towards the platform support. Uh, once again, that, that Sony was kind of like a big indie champion when the PS3 launched. Then uh, Nintendo Switch has been extremely open to more of that kind of support as well, and it's been very beneficial to that type of thing. It's uh, Steam has gone through a whole myriad of changes as well with how they do things, and they're trying to uh, step up their game regarding that type of input and diversity. So it's been um, effective for them. So I think like it's 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 that there's more people having faith in that, and then I'm in. T- not to mention, of course, like, you know, indies are cheaper, they're bite-sized than a triple A game, and it just, they once again unlock a lot of different story beats and diversity to the character, the character's world, uh, the type of themes that are being presented. There's a lot of different things uh, that are very unique to this, so I am happy that they're getting a lot more love now than they ever have been. Um, I've been talking to a lot of people uh, from various walks of life with these conventions, and they really just they want to just all they want is just for, is is for people to take something really potent and profound away from them when they play their game whether it's a story about immigration in, in in the middle east or a story about um what it's like to be you know um discriminated against uh what it's like to be a woman in a world that where there's intolerance for women things like that and also just yeah indie games that are about just having fun and just blowing things up or or you know Jamming to a cool soundtrack. Like one game I actually played uh, with my friend uh, back when we played Cease of Rage is that we played Neurovoider. And he, it's that twin stick game I always rave about. And he doesn't like the games that are super fast. Like I tried playing Next Machina with him, he couldn't keep up. So he really though liked um, the the slower pace of Neurovoider. And I- Which
0: by the way, I just want to say, you can currently get Neurovoider for free on PC if you have an Amazon Prime account.
4: Yeah, which I I do need to sign up on. I I have Um, that. is free, too. Fu is also free, yes.
0: There's like 20 games right now. They just rebranded the the Twitch Prime to Prime Gaming, and as for doing this, they literally have just made 20 games for free. Well, Amazon has its own thing
4: now. That's the other crazy thing. Like, I told Joe about that the other day. I was like, oh, hey, Joe, I'm going to collect my free Twitch Prime games that they offer. And then I click into it. And it's like, you need to download the Amazon Prime or the Prime Gaming uh, app on your computer. And it's like, you download it. And it's like, here's your entire free library of free games. It's like, that. that is it. There is not, here's your library of games you can buy and do this. It, everything you see in that library of store that you can purchase is free. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'll just download all this for free. Played some
2: Turok too. Alright, we're ready to move on. Yep.
4: Yep. Next is Hood. What a glorious looking game. I'm super excited for this. Um I'm hoping it's not so much PV uh what is it? P V E P or no, was it PvP Um I'm hoping it's more of a PvE game. Um it because from what I can see it's a squad based uh thief game basically. Um where then Hopefully, by the time you steal the stuff, there's another squad of thieves that try to kill you to get the stuff. I'm really hoping that this does have a uh, version that you can play by yourself or with a group of your own squad of thief people that just do missions that way. I'm really hoping it's not stuck to being this multiplayer game uh, where you play against other squads. But other than that, I mean, it looks really gorgeous and good. And I really like the idea of where they're going with it.
0: I was super excited for this because I was like, oh. A, a totally a Robin Hood type video game. And then I was thought it was two two teams versus each other versus the environment. You're trying to get to the uh prize first and I said nope, it's not for me.
1: Yeah, I was a little bit disappointed that it's a it's a it's a, an asymmetrical multiplayer game because it's it's flipping Robin Hood. There's so much they can do. I mean for God's sake, like they, they totally could make an anthropomorphized Robin Hood game and then still call it Robin Hood as long as it doesn't look like Don Blue's Robin Hood. I mean, at least I hope Disney wouldn't be painting the assets regarding that, and just put like a really cool story to it. And I feel that they that they just they don't want to do that for whatever reason, and so uh, asymmetric multiplayer is the
4: way to go. Well, I mean, it could it it could have a story. We don't know. Like it to give you an example, just just so you guys know, like Hunt Showdown is a game I bought Um, when they first showed it. It was that it was you're a bounty hunter squad that goes in to try to find the bounty. That you have to hunt and every there's three other squads hunting with you um and because of the feedback they were hearing from people uh, with the game itself um, it ended up having a, it does have a single player mode where you go in as your own squad to hunt and it's actually its own mode now um, and so with this game that's where like I say I, I know that this is their main push because that's what people want right now is multiplayer games where you're playing against people other people but i I've wanted there's no way. I don't think they would release this without having some type of single player or um, multiplayer, but not against other people uh, format, like a PvE mode, for sure. So,
0: Joe, do you have any opinions on Hood? Should we move on?
3: I mean, H- Hood looks Hood looks like Thief, and I like Thief, and I'm like, this is like Thief on crack.
2: It it looks really interesting. Like it's like playing a multiplayer version of Thief.
0: Alright, all right. next is Temtem. I- I'm not really excited to talk about this game. As if anybody is...
4: Someone's ass is getting sued by Nintendo. I mean, this game already came out on Steam and it already came, or technically came on, on, out on multiplayer already through the computer, uh, through the internet. Um, and if I'm correct, uh, I was talking to Andy about this game a little bit, and when this game originally came out, it was like the top most played game for like a week on Twitch. Um, I like the idea, the funny thing with this, Uh, Talking about getting sued, Uh, Temtem has now come out uh, with a statement because it is a kickstarted game. Um, It was kickstarted, funded, fully published. Originally, it was supposed to come out for just the PS4 and the Xbox One X or the Xbox One. Oh, just change your names. Um, So anyway, it was supposed to come out for that. Um, but because now of being a PS5 title, um, what they've done is they've said, we're not making a PS4 title, we're not making a Xbox One title, but they are making a PS5 title, an Xbox One title, and then the Switch is getting a version of this, and it's been licensed through Nintendo, Um, But it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a copy of the PC version, not a console version that's custom made like the PC, the PS5 and the Xbox One X version of it, Series X. But yeah, it's pretty funny to see that this game actually is releasing for the Switch and is actually already approved and licensed by the Switch by Nintendo. So, I mean, it's a monster fighting game and it's multiplayer. I mean,
2: depending on how much you're going to charge me for this, I'll play it. Alright, next is Godfall. I mean, lots of Godfall.
3: Love it. I mean, the word God's in the title, and it pretty much explains how this game is going to sell upon release. Godly. like This this is a killer app. This sells games. I mean, Kali, Uh, are you excited for this? Because you like Borderlands. And this is literally Borderlands with swords and knives and melee.
0: I am getting more excited for this. So, I don't know if it's exactly Borderlands. It is a looter slasher. I'm curious to see if they're going to have a storyline or if it's going to be like just levels where you just go No, they've the already ball.
4: they've already said it has a storyline.
0: Oh, it does have a storyline. I couldn't figure that out. Yeah, the
4: storyline the storyline is the idea that from what I've understood is that you're sent from the gods. That's why it's Godfall. Um and you're supposed to restore order uh to the different lands, which is the earth, the water, and the wind worlds.
0: Right. So the way I'm seeing this is is that like there's four different worlds. Yep. And you're trying to work together to get to the end of the world. Yeah. See, that's when I want something from I, I don't want a story like that where it's like Okay, four small worlds. I want something like Borderlands, when it's an entire open world map. Oh,
4: it's it's huge. Don't let it be deceiving. And I don't, it, I don't think it's oh, going to okay. be small. I I have a feeling from what I've understood um each world itself is going to be like what you would see. So for example, picture it like in Borderlands, like Borderlands 2 especially, it's going to be kind of like the idea of okay, here's the jungle area of Borderlands, here's the desert area of Borderlands, and here's the like Borderlands 2 technically was six different worlds it it wasn't really a super event it is an open world but that's kind of where i think they're going with it is from my understanding is there's going to be it's kind of weird because right now they're showing a lot of linear parts of each of those worlds but from what i've heard there are parts of those worlds that will open right up and you can go more explore i don't think it's going to have the i'm going to go talk to this random npc and get a quest from him and then go do stuff I have a feeling it's going to be more. It's going to be more like um, uh, Hunter of the Reckoning, or not Hunter of the Reckoning. Uh, uh, it's being remastered. Why? Why? I can see uh, uh, Kingdom of Alamar. It's going to be more like that than it is.
0: Oh, interesting. Going to be,
4: but it's not going to be the NPC. I'm going to go talk to people and get quests. I have a feeling you're just going to naturally get quests as you go and be more of the looter shooter kind of idea. So, I really wish. What about you? Oh no, go ahead. Sorry.
0: I was gonna add, I was gonna see what Roberto's thoughts were on this game.
4: It looks cool,
1: I mean looks action packed and looks interesting, so something I definitely would check out.
2: okay. Did you have something else to say, Joe? uh, I don't remember what I had to say.
0: All right, so that's the conference. uh that's our thoughts. Why don't we go over to the questions of the week in our in our uh Facebook group so Andrew Middlemoss says, who's excited for the currently unannounced, but was inferred via a new season of the tabletop
2: game, Blood Bowl? Blood Bowl? Yes.
1: Wait, wait, like an actual Blood Bowl tabletop? Yes. Oh, I didn't even hear of it. Um, I did post in the chat today about, well, not in the chat, but in the group, that there is actually a Sniper Elite tabletop that's far more interesting and looks really cool.
3: <laughs> you just said it was far more interesting.
1: Is <laughs> this a blood bowl? Like what's Blood Bowl? Blood!
4: A bowl. Dude, you have no it. idea
0: you have no idea what Blood Bowl is.
4: are you about Blood Bowl like oh. as in like the football game that they came up with years and years yeah. ago. Yeah. And yeah. Be, um, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. I, I was wondering, I'm like I was pretty sure I've heard of it because is isn't it by the same guys that make Gloomhaven. No. No. Oh.
0: It's a game's workshop game. It's the same people that make Warhammer.
4: Uh, yeah. Yeah, but what I'm saying is like did not okay. Then it's based okay. Same idea, but yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. So before, okay yeah.
0: But before there was a video game, there was an actual board yeah, game yeah, yeah. where you had to paint all your figures.
4: Yeah, I remember I that. I played Bud Bowl. I remember when that first came out, and everyone was like, "I remember when that first came out." And it was like, it, it for the the time when it came out, it was like more hype than Warhammer at one point. Like it was crazy. Like because yeah. you'd paint your own team yeah. and all the jerseys, and like it was it was insane. But yeah. So they're they're reinducing this as a board game, is what you're telling me.
0: Well, I mean, it's always been a board game. But they're
4: just they just bringing happen- it out again.
0: Yeah, which Games Workshop does every every couple of years. They're like, oh hey, let's just uh, make everything different now, so that way, um, you have to buy all new
4: figures. Yeah, we're gonna make it plastic instead paper. of metal, and then make you pay more.
0: All right. Andrew Middlemoss says with Last of Us 2's announcement about a grounded difficulty permadeath mode, I have to ask, does anybody actually like Iron Man permadeath mode?
4: I mean, this is a joke question because, in all honesty, I don't like (laughs) permadeath. I I don't like permadeath in games in general. The only time I like permadeath is like when you're talking about like Until Dawn or like story based games. I really like them in that sense where it changes the story but still lets you play. But I really hate games like Fire Emblem and stuff where it's like permadeath on the idea of your characters, they die. Like Final Fantasy Tactics, it's the one, I love that game, but the permadeath is really what took me off of it, because you could be so far and then you'd be like, oh, I'm just about to win, and then all of a sudden the enemy would die randomly somehow by getting it's like, oh sweet, I completely forgot to not exit the game, and now all my characters that were max level are dead, and now I have to work with level 1 characters, and I'm going to fight everything that's super hard. Cool. Awesome.
2: Uh, I personally don't like
0: permadeath mode in a game like The Last of Us, because either you'd you'd have to either save a lot, which would be the, the, uh...
4: If I'm correct, permadeath modes, when they come out, they actually delete your save when you die. Correct. It's... That's what Doom Doom does. So it's similar... Diablo. Diablo. Diablo.
3: Yeah, it's hardcore mode. It's basically just hardcore mode for Diablo, but now it's in The Last of Us, so... Or it's in, um, a really good, uh, indie game on the Switch called Streets of Red, Which is like Roberto, you check streets of red out. It's like,
1: I did.
3: did. Yeah, it's amazing. But it has permadeath. So if you get game over, it wipes your save. Bye bye.
0: Yeah, I don't like that for The Last of Us.
3: It just makes the game harder. It gives you, it makes you take the game more seriously and not treat it as a video game, but treat it as like you're the actual character and you need to survive because if you die once, that is it.
4: I think the nice thing about these kinds of modes, when they come up with permadeath modes, is it gives you like Joe, like Joe's saying. There's a lot of things people do. Like when I play, like when I play Diablo three, especially like in in hardcore mode. There's a lot of things I would do regular Diablo where it's like, oh, I'm gonna run into these bunch of guys. Okay, cool. I'm just gonna run in there. Whereas when you're playing hardcore mode, you're like, okay, I actually have to think about what I want to do. Do I want to buff my character? Do I want to add some things to it before I run into this crazy mess and it makes you play a game differently. And I think that is something that's really neat. Um, It's just not for me. I just, I just, maybe, maybe, but I don't know. I haven't played the regular version of it yet. So, I mean, once I play that, then I'll, I'll know if I want to play a permadeath version.
2: Mm -hmm. Okay.
0: Uh, Levi says predictions for the upcoming remedy universe game. Will they use the Ellen wake or quantum break title or something completely new?
4: What about all three of them together?
0: That's a possibility. I think they're going to bring out a whole new IP. We're going to say that.
4: <laughs> I think. I think they. I think at this point, uh, with what they've done so far, I mean, they kind of—they're over two generations at this point. If they're going to get people to want to really get into the, it's the same reason why I didn't buy Control, or I'm not like even Joe said before. The reason why I'm not wanting, I never wanted to buy Control or really get into Control was because I never played Quantum Break. I played Alan Wake, but never played Quantum Break. And for me, I'm one of those people that I have to play things in order or to the best of my ability, play them in order. And to come into a game that already has a world based on it to not be able to play the per, the previous one, it just doesn't make sense. But that's the same idea. Like, I know, Kalai, you never played the new Guard of War uh, for PS4. Um, if they do that type of version of a new game, I think it's worth it where it's a new game. Yes, it's connected to the older games, but because of how it plays and because of the subtle hints they do to the story, you don't have to play the old ones to understand this story. And I think that's what makes God of, the new God of War so good compared to a lot of the times we see, like you said yourself, in Control, you wouldn't know it's an Alan Wake game unless you look into the books and the story and things like that. And that's where I think it would be a really neat approach to go to the next game to kind of, Really show us the the world of Alan Wake in this game. Show us the world of Quantum Break in this game, yeah, and then come well, see, out with something that does that.
0: But here's the thing: I didn't play Alan Wake first before I played Control. I played Control first. I went back and played. Well, Alan no, no, Wake. I know
4: that. What I'm what I'm saying is with the next game, I think instead of instead of a depending on a player to read a book inside of a game, which I don't know about anybody else in this group, but I'm not sitting there collecting all the books and going, "Hey, I'm going to go through Skyrim and read every single book and all the." Lore. I do,
3: I do, I do. Sometimes, really? yes, I read. It. Ask, ask Corey. I sit there and read every chapter and every book I pick up in Skyrim, and it pisses me off that like they don't have a guide where you can find them all because they're ap- I think they're absolutely randomized in the game. They're not. Yes, so, they like, are. So you have to. So you have to pick them up and figure out. How to find all of them? There is somebody that has a library in their house that
4: has almost all of them. But, but but either way, my whole point is is that I would like to see a game come out from them that physically shows me or like lets me run through a quarter of the game as Alan Wake, a quarter of the game as uh, the main character control, a quarter of the game as the main character of Quantum Break. Like, give me those little bits because that gets me interested in those characters as a whole. And if you want to make a third one after that, go right ahead, but create a universe and bring them all together so that, um, it gets people to go back and play the old ones.
0: All right. What about, uh, you, Joe, do you have any thoughts on a new IP from them or old IP? I
3: think it's going to be Alan, a sequel to Alan Wake. I really do. I can't see it being anything else. Um, I can't, I just don't, Think that I think that with this control DLC that they're adding, I think it's a it's a it's a it's a bridge to the next Alan Wake game. I think it's going to be multi-platform. I don't think Alan Wake's going to be stuck on Xbox. I also think there's going to be a deal where the first game gets released on the next-gen consoles. I do on everything, even on the Switch. Because why? Like, Alan Wake deserves to be played by everyone. Hundred percent.
2: What about
0: you, Roberto?
1: I um. I guess they're going to try and combine all the worlds there because, like, Quantum Break, I know, had a very big sci-fi hook to it. Um, I never played it. Have
2: you
0: played um, any of them?
1: I've never played Alan Wake. I've never played Quantum Break. (laughs) That rhymes. Um, Control, I do have. I just haven't gotten around to it. I think the game came out, like, right when Pax West was happening last year, so I just was not in the mindset to play anything like that until, you know, I got back and So like my mind, my mind wasn't necessarily there, but in any case, um,
3: it's a must play game this generation. Yeah, it's, it's a must play game this generation. Let me tell you that.
1: I mean, I'm in the mood to to check that out, you know, with all things considered. Um, so this, just uh, I just got to roll into it. Plus I will say that like some of the games like earth defense force, you can pretty much play forever. So (laughs) I'm kind of locked into that right now. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely like it, it's, it's itching there. I just, I think there's a, just what's drawn me in is the sci-fi world. This interesting writing dimension of the mental health condition. Uh, there's a really neat female protagonist that I think is pretty cool, you know, and that is like lately I've been trying to like, I've been seeing that in science fiction more and more. And I think it's pretty cool. Uh, so there's a lot of that to take into consideration there. Um, so I think that, um, that will be pretty cool to, uh, experience when I get to it. So slowly but surely.
0: Alright and that brings us to the end of our show. Oh no we have Thank one more we listening. have one more
3: question, Clay.
0: We do? I didn't
1: I see it. there.
2: There's only three questions. I answered all the questions.
3: No. Refresh. There's
2: another question. I like literally did this.
0: Nope, no other questions not showing up. So that brings us to the end of our show. If you do like us, please subscribe and rate us. There's a Twitter this game is stuff cast. I'm at Kali21. That's K-A-L-A-I, the number 21. I'm Mr. T M N T and Joe's Mr. T M N T 84. <laughs> that's M M R. I'm tired. Capital M R, capital T M N T 84. Uh, Corey is at the Grounded Gamer. That's uh the Grounded Gamer Double D no E. You can search us on Facebook at game Stuff Podcast. We do have a Patreon page, it's patreon.com forward plus proven gamer. We do have a merchandise store, it's in our link like a hoodie or a mug would be cool. It does help out the show.
2: Uh,
0: If you would also like to help us out, you can go to provengamer.com, click on the Amazon link and do your shopping like normal. It doesn't cost you any money. and helps out the site. Uh, We are also sponsored by Humble Bundle. We actually partnered with them. We uh, do the Extra Life charity. So if you click on that, do your Humble Bundle shopping, then we get to help out the kids. If you do like our shows, check out the other shows. Uh, we do have the Trophy Horse. I also want to thank Isaac Sego for doing our logos, and of course the band Take Away the Ugly, so thank you for the music, and thank you again, listeners, and we'll see you on the next episode of Stuff.
2: Talk Be to you guys later.
1: Take care.
3: take care. Later, guys.